welcome to our podcast. My name is Amelia. My name is Sherrick, and this is Amelia. And Sherrick, what are you doing? The podcast that can get you three for 16 on some chocolate and peanut butter trail mix down at the Weasel new phone store. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Except that now I want chocolate. You get, you get, you buy three bags of trail mix, you get 16 free and you get a great new phone plan, nights and weekends included. Do you have to pay for texting? Yes! (laughs) (laughs) No, you pay per word, per letter. Oh, shit. Can you imagine? (laughs) Oof. Oh, man. I saw a tweet the other day that was like written in like original texting speech or whatever and it was like this was because you only could send so many like you had to pay per text and they weren't very long and whatever yeah we don't have to type like that anymore so stop doing it people and I was like let people live their lives okay it's like the um the uh, and I'm dating us as we normally do the 1-800 collect commercial the the bob we had a baby eats a boy you're like yep I remember that. I totally forgot about that. So once upon a time, y'all, children, gather round. Let me tell you about how collect calls were a thing because long distance phone calls cost you a lot of money. And so yep. there were actual long distance phone call companies that were like advertising in places. And one of the commercials was a guy who basically tried to basically set up a phone call, but he basically gave the message in his like title, if you will, in his name. Yeah. Because, yeah, collect calls, you'd call somebody and they would accept the charges for the call. So it was mm-hmm. like using a pay phone to make a long distance call. And so you didn't have to like use a billion dollars in change or, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever. And so, yeah, you were always supposed to be like, this is a call from. And then you'd say your name so that they, yep. the person on the other end would hear like, oh, you're getting a call from so-and-so. Do you want to accept the charges? And so... Mm-hmm people would try to put their whole message in their name so that they wouldn't end up spending any money. <laughs> yes. Because then they'd be like, nah. And then, and then at the yeah. commercial, it's like, who is that, honey? He's like, Bob, he had a baby. It's a boy. Like, <laughs> there you go. Which, as a side note, uh, I haven't had a Butterfinger in a very long time and I want one. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing is that I have so many, like, short film ideas that involve pay phones and there are none around and it makes me very very sad like like it used to be like the pay phones themselves were gone but the booth was there so you could at least like fudge it now mm-hmm. it's like nope the even the, are gone yeah nope, there it's like they never existed and it's wild to me yeah so, that's yep. the banter that i have in place of uh, <laughs> how my week went because it's been a very fairly uneventful week i had an audition for a thing i can't talk about and well, because I can't talk about it, uh, you can't tell you how it went. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Oh, I will say that there is a there is a thing that I'm very excited to talk about, but that can't I can't talk about that for a couple of weeks though. So, yeah, well, we'll come back to it. We will come back to it. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, if you are nerdy at all, you might be excited about it as well. But uh, that's all I can say. Amelia, how about you? Yeah, so I went to my first concert in like probably two years yesterday. Uh, I saw Kesha here at a at a venue, standing room only, and uh, yeah, it was 
it was wild in more ways than one. Um, yeah, the just about every venue in town requires proof of vaccination or um, a negative COVID test within like 48 hours or something like that, mm-hmm. which is great. That makes me feel better. I was a little nervous about being in a crowd like that because mm-hmm. like I haven't been really in a like a large group of people in a long time and particularly at a standing room only concert you're like really in close with people so yeah so that was I was kind of nervous about that but I I just like I don't know I think I was just like so ready to be doing something like that and that you know I was kind of thinking about it before that I was like well you know like one of the things that I really enjoy in life is going to concerts and shows and plays and stuff and like if I can't go to those not that I don't want to be alive because that's that's not true but Mm -hmm. it just it's like it's just like if I'm like trying this hard to stay alive to do all the things that I want to do in life like I want to be able to do those things and so I was just trying to do it the best I could and the safest I could. And yeah, probably I'll get tested in a couple of days just to be safe. But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was just, it was just so magical to be there. And yeah, I don't know. I just had a really good time. So great. Yeah. And I think that they've been quiet quite a lot, quite a long time now. So we might as well bring attention to the fact that we're not alone this week. We have a guest, we a do. returning guest. Yes. Hi. Steph, how was your week? Oh, it was fine. Yeah. I was not prepared to talk about <laughs> myself <laughs> at it's all. Okay. It's okay. I'm um, just happy to be back. Happy yeah. to be nominated. <laughs> probably one of our longest inside jokes. <laughs> yep. Probably indeed. Yes, um, incomparable yeah. Stephanie is here. Yes, and uh, tell tell everybody what they've won this week. Besides Amelia? Stephanie being on the podcast, yeah, it's uh, it's that's not their only one. I don't know the the, the title. The, what's the oh okay the theme the, the theme of the week? Okay, the, I was like, I was like, is there I was some like sort of surprise that I'm supposed I was to be about remembered? to say like, what's the thesis thing? <laughs> talking about being nerdy okay (laughs) I mean that in the most loving way yeah so today we are going to talk about Paris Hilton so mainly I would say the this is Paris documentary that premiered on YouTube um like I'm not sure earlier this year maybe um or late last year I'm not sure and yeah Steph and I have both seen it um and we were gonna tell Sherrick about it and just kind of talk about kind of what we got from it and why we wanted to watch it and just anything related to Paris Hilton so I thought we would just kind of kick it off with I was going to kind of give some of my impressions of Paris Hilton or like kind of what I had often thought about her for the last, I don't know, 20 years, mm-hmm. um, and kind of go from there, I guess. 
so yeah, I think she really kind of came into the spotlight around the early 2000s and was a really big deal and was often talked about as being famous for being famous and mm-hmm. um, kind of like an influencer before we use that term too like one mm-hmm. of the early people that we considered mm-hmm. that way like just famous for being rich kind of right yeah and you know it, it helps that she's from a, a quote-unquote famous family the Hiltons her great-grandfather uh, started the Hilton hotel chain which is all over the world. So, you know, like a lot of these people that are quote unquote famous for being famous come from some sort of like famous family or rich family or something. So this is kind of like, not to go off too off track, but like, this is what bothers me a little bit about these kinds of things is that, you know, a lot of these people who are influencers like this are especially back in like the early 2000s before it was like a thing is that like now we talk about them being like self-made and stuff and it's like no has anyone ever said that Paris Hilton is self-made I don't think so but I remember that being a thing with Kylie Jenner which I would say she's like a similar ilk people did say that about her and I was like yeah and like one thing that I learned and that I sort of knew a little bit before was just like that they aren't just quote-unquote famous for being famous they have businesses a lot of them and stuff like that so and a lot of times they've you know worked hard and this and that and are more involved than people think and make decisions and have business sense and all these things but Mm -hmm. ultimately they had a head start that a lot of people do not. oh yeah for sure for sure so i'm Um, sure like their argument would be like i've worked for everything i had exactly i'm sure you've worked but you right you had you started with a pretty hefty investment i was gonna say you had you had the 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 biggest of parachutes that if you failed it wasn't a big deal you know like it's like allows uh, people to take risk for yeah it's like the 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 meme of 45 with a small loan of one million dollars like no no or like yeah Have have you ever seen that image that talks about like equality versus equity and yeah, it's yeah. like boxes looking yes. over like yep. a baseball field yep, I yep. saw that today but with reality on one end and equality and equity and then justice mm-hmm. the reality one had the one guy on like so many boxes you couldn't see him yeah like, out of the frame yeah, um, yeah. and, and that the middle like guy is like on one box and the other guy is like in a hole yeah, yeah. in a hole like, um and i'm like that is so great like that's can a barely really- even hear what's happening in the game because th- like he is yeah. he is surrounded yeah. by dirt like right yep exactly so yeah so i thought that was that's like a really good like very simplified way of explaining yeah. and, like and to kind of start to kind of just interject real quick like because mm-hmm. around the time that that like the height of their popularity, like her and uh, Nicole Richie's show and stuff. Like I was like in high school, college and stuff. So it was kind of like, they were like the easy like target for what media Mm -hmm. was around. And also for like what friends and stuff that I had, we would kind of talk about like, you know, Paris and Nicole, how like, you know, their show and how they would just like 
you know, be winded walking out of a barn or whatever. I'm making stuff up because I never really watched the show, but mm-hmm. like, it was just like the idea that they were just like, oh my God, we're at this farm. Like, where's the mm-hmm. nearest spa or whatever? Right. Like, yeah, you know, they just, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, I can't, like, I can't exactly verify if any of that stuff is true. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that like, those were like the ideas that I was right. given as far as like what was happening, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I mean, the impression that the media gave of... The impression that we got, dude, dude, don't sue us. <laughs> is that the that when Paris Hilton came out in the spotlight, I guess, is that, like, all she did was go clubbing, spending her money, and just, like, the impression I always got was, like, rich, spoiled shallow party girl who only Mm -hmm. cares about clothes and boys and like drinking and partying and what I got from the documentary is like yeah that's sort of true to an extent but Mm -hmm. the other side of it is is that like it's also a persona it's Mm -hmm. also a total Mm -hmm. persona and I feel like that's sort of the main thesis statement (laughs) of the film of the documentary is like basically that very almost no one knows who the real Paris Hilton Mm -hmm. is even to the extent of like she's not even really sure who she is well and I think Um, there's like a little bit of an overarching kind of theme of like it is lonely being rich which a lot of mm -hmm. people I'm sure would be like oh boohoo you know but Mm -hmm. I do think there's truth to it Mm -hmm. because like the way that she grew up is quite different you know like her Mm -hmm. relationship with her family is not quote-unquote traditional Mm -hmm. because they had you know all these people that they could pay to do everything and probably all she really needed was like her parents around which probably wasn't the case and so you know that's like a typical kind of a stereotypical rich kid upbringing that I do think Mm -hmm. you know is like that, that, that feeling of emptiness you know yeah, like they yeah. have a house that's so big that yeah. like that you can get lost in and and you I think you you feel that emptiness from her in her adult life as well mm-hmm. yeah I mean there's a lot of scenes kind of getting more into the documentary now like there's a lot of scenes with her sister Nikki who is what two or three years younger than she is mm-hmm. um, and then they have two brothers who are like several years younger than they are so you know, Nikki was like, I don't normally do interviews like these. I try to stay out of the public view most of the time, but it, I did, I felt like I had to do this for this documentary because like, I'm maybe one of the only people that like knows the real Paris. Mm -hmm. Um, And she talked about how like, she's often kind of telling Paris no and tough love and stuff like that because she's like she has so many yes people around her that like and kiss asses that like I'm hard ass on her and you don't totally see that but you do see it a little bit where they're like having conversations and she's like are you happy like are you you know all these things and Paris kind of hems and haws around a lot of stuff and it's just really interesting to see yeah like where that drive comes from and And yeah, they talk about how like, as a like elementary school kid, like probably until she was like a teenager, she was kind of a tomboy. Um, Mm -hmm. And that would like go play golf with her dad and stuff like that. So it sounds like her parents were around a little bit, but maybe not like a ton. And then there are a lot of scenes with her mom too. And you get the feeling that like, 
they have a relationship and they have a close relationship, but they don't necessarily have an honest relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah, that I think they hide a lot from each other as they were taught their whole lives to hide mm-hmm. all the bad stuff. Yeah, because um, they, yeah, they're very much inherently taught about image, you know, mm-hmm. which makes sense for anyone in that mm-hmm. type of status. Exactly. Yeah, they talked about, and I didn't know this, but that their mother, Kathy Hilton, was a child actress and model. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And that, you know, she really tried to keep the girls out of that world. Mm-hmm. They they talked about, like, they had a lot of rules growing up of, like, no makeup, no dating, no, like, all these different things. And that Paris really rebelled against a lot of that and was like, no, I do want to be a model and like all these things. And yeah, that they sent her to several different places to try to get her to reform. Uh, And I think she's pretty honest about the fact that like she was rebelling and like mm -hmm. she was doing those Mm -hmm. things and Mm -hmm. she was going to clubs underage and all this stuff. Mm So I think she like, she owns what, her part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Which like, but as a side note, like, what club is gonna be like? Well, it's Paris Hilton, but she's underage. But it's well, Paris first Hilton, of all, you know, first like, of all, this was like before she was really known, um, right? But I mean, she's but, probably like flashing around a fuck ton of money, being like, right. "Let me in." Yeah, and oh so God, that's that's what I'm saying is yeah, it's yeah. like, oh shit, that's a lot of yeah. money that would really help us, but she's underage. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of money. Like, do we mm-hmm. really want to be the ones that like? Clearly, this person is important if they're giving us this much money to get into a club yeah. when they're underage. And so maybe like, just seeing the Hilton name. like Yeah, I would imagine there was like a scene of people who probably knew who they were before like yes. we oh, as yeah. the because public the, knew the, them. Yeah. We should probably like cover like what she means read a Hilton name, if that makes sense. For well, I said that her know. grandfather started okay. the hotel chain sorry i must have missed that sorry my so, bad that's, which is that's so interesting because there's like really nice hiltons and then there's and then there's not. like not very nice hiltons mm-hmm. too so it's it's kind of a mixed bag well i think it started as nice ho- nicer hotels yeah. but like either way it's a huge chain so it's make so it makes yeah. money yeah <laughs> i mean that's the mm-hmm. whole point is it's not even necessarily about like the prestige factor prestige I guess. of the hotels it's just the fact that they've made a fuck ton of money off of them. Mm-hmm. and i mean if you think about it like you can like if you are a true capitalist i guess and you want to make a fuck ton of money like just marketing your your hotels only to like the rich and elite is only gonna get you so far you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so you kind of have to have the like broader appeal to make Mm-hmm. to make to me and this is gonna sound right. gross i don't mean it obviously this way but to make people who are quote-unquote lesser feel like they are staying in a nicer place you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like they they deserve to have some luxury situations too you know yeah like i mean yeah i can imagine i don't know a lot but i can imagine that a lot of the like early hiltons were really nice and then over time as they expanded they made ones that were like at a more accessible price point yeah I think they have like tiers of and and stuff like that not only for accessibility but also like oh you can stay at a Hilton and like people go there because they're like oh I can stay at a Hilton and then they're like oh this is a Hilton (laughs) (laughs) and some people are like wow this is a Hilton and it's like yeah exactly the only cool thing is that like you have like a glass door shower and a (laughs) like a pull-out bed you know like 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it just, I, I definitely kind of going back to the, the beginning, it's just like, I definitely found Paris to be an easy target. She was an easy butt of the joke. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. And definitely. That Similarly I, yeah. to, I mean, that's kind of a theme that ties into the, you know, the Britney documentary as well. Right. Right. It's like that idea of how easy it's, it is to it's break viewed as down. it's viewed as punching up, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, she has all this money and fame. So like, mm-hmm. what does she care? You know, we can drag her because she doesn't care what people think of her. And it's like, of course she does. She's yeah. fucking human. And buying yourself people to surround yourself with is not like it's not authentic. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, tell that there's like a level of trust that she just doesn't have. Oh yeah, people because she's like, I pay all these people. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what they really think of me or surrounding her all day, telling her how gorgeous she is and how beautiful she is and how smart and talented and hardworking she is, and it's like, but you fucking pay them, so like, is what they're saying real or not? Right. Yeah. So, but I never watched The Simple Life either because I like again, I was like, this is stupid. Like. I don't care about this person. She's annoying and rich. And I know I saw it at least a couple of times. Yeah. Um, it, it was dumb, but it was also funny. Like they were mm-hmm. funny together. Mm-hmm. Like, and not like, I think sometimes like they knew what they were, you know, they knew what they mm-hmm. were doing and they mm-hmm. were making, like they were making the joke more so than just like, yeah, you laugh, like you were laughing at them, but they were in on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they definitely knew what they were doing I think yeah the documentary shows like a clip of of the show and they're sitting with this normal looking family in their house and somebody says something about getting their stuff at Walmart and Paris is like what's Walmart do you buy walls there and it's like you fucking know what Walmart is yeah Yeah, that's definitely just a joke like right so I think like that was a lot from my, from what I understand, that was a lot of the show was like them pretending not to understand, yeah, like hard work, common people things. Co- yes, exactly. You know, and and I think to some degree there is a level at which sometimes rich people don't understand some of those things, mm-hmm. but there's a level to which they do, and they definitely played some of that up for yeah. laughs and for entertainment in that show. So yeah, and like later you find out, like I said she spent a lot of her teen years like going clubbing and stuff underage they talk about she got a fake id at like 15 or whatever and was like going to clubs and all this stuff and that her parents kept like they sent her to like a work program for teens and that she and other people in that tried to escape and that she went to a couple other boarding schools and they talk about this one in particular that we'll get to later where they definitely made the people at this school clean and so like somebody later says something about like it was so ridiculous to watch you on the simple life talk about how like you had no idea how to mop when like I definitely have seen you mop a bathroom at school yeah (laughs) um and stuff like that so yeah so it was definitely put on and I think but I think she she and Nicole both tricked a lot of people into thinking like that they really didn't know that stuff so yeah it's funny because they I hated Nicole Richie too at the time because I was like these girls are so stupid and whatever and I've since seen her like in other things as an actress and have you mm-hmm. 
Like what? And she's good. There was a show that was on for a couple of seasons called Great News. Okay. That was really funny. It was about like a like a like a nightly news, I think, or like a news station. I can't remember now, but she's in it as one of the anchors. And she's essentially like playing a like a more normal version of herself, I guess, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Because like she's a news anchor and thinks she's hot shit and thinks she's really great, but she's probably not to the level at which she actually is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's really funny in that. I feel like I've seen something else and I was just like kind of impressed and I was like, I would have thought casting her in that would have been like stupid stunt casting, but no, it's actually really good. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so they show a lot in the documentary about, yeah, just her, like kind of that image that she had and then kind of what she's doing now, which is she talks about having what, like 19 product lines clothes, fragrances, makeup, all kinds of stuff. They show at one point, like they, they show at several points, like parts of her closet mm-hmm. and just the like stacks upon stacks upon stacks of these boxes full of sunglasses and like just jewelry everywhere. And I mean, it's exactly about, how you'd imagine it to be. Yeah. And she talks about getting sent all of like a lot of this stuff just gets sent to her right. by designers who want her to like wear it and post about it on Instagram and say like, you know, people should buy this or whatever mm-hmm. um, because people will. And, and she's like, I haven't even worn most of this stuff and nobody organizes that. At one point when she said something about like, and nobody organizes the stuff, I was like, you could. <laughs> and then I was like, no, of course you want to hire somebody to do that for you. I'm pretty sure you could hire someone to do that for you. Oh, yeah. Easily. Oh, easily. I think one of my favorite things, because you definitely think about her with, like, clothes and accessories, right? Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite things, like, later that I wouldn't think about that makes sense is, like, you see her with all these electronics. Yes. Like, so many laptops just all around. And I can kind of relate, because, like, even an average person at this point, like, has access electronics right but she kind of is like I don't know what to do with all this and like it needs to get wiped and like which I kind of get like if you're famous like right who do you trust to wipe your technology and wipe your personal information off of it so that you can get rid of it you know like I don't even do that that stuff over to somebody I don't even do that myself because I get you know a little nervous Mm -hmm. about it you know and so it's Mm kind of like an interesting thing to think about like she just had stacks of laptops everywhere yeah no it was definitely like 30 laptops at least just in the shot of just like silver uh like macbooks just stacked and she said she's like i get a new computer every time i break up with somebody oh yeah that's right i totally forgot that that's what she said yeah and i didn't like totally get it but i think it's like she what the other thing i got from the documentary is that she's a people pleaser to an extent oh 100 percent um and that so is she getting a new computer like because there's okay i'm trying to like understand like the logic i think part of it is that like her boyfriends would be like give me your passwords but like you can change your password i know but like you don't have to get a new computer i know i don't like that's why i don't totally get it yeah i don't don't understand that totally but i don't know that's what that's what she said it's like she gets a new laptop every time she breaks up with somebody because she's too scared to for that information to leak 
out. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I don't don't totally understand, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe she um, didn't really want to get into all of it, I guess, either. Well, and yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, they show her like traveling and she says she travels like 250 days out of the year. It's like insane. Yeah. And they show her like packing for this trip and all these gowns that like people have asked her to wear in public, in the media and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she's like, okay, so I need shoes and accessories and sunglasses for all of these outfits. And then she's like, oh crap, I haven't packed anything to wear like at the hotel or like on the plane or whatever, like all these things. She's just like, all I have are gowns. And you see her later, like just in a hooded sweatshirt and a t-shirt and like some sort of sweat type pants. And she's like, this is actually how I prefer to be clothed or whatever and it was like duh everyone does Mm -hmm. (laughs) but just like I felt like even allowing herself to be seen that way was like yeah but the character documentary but also like hard yeah and the and I mean to be clear like the the caricature of of what like Kylie Jenner and Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie is is has has even come forward in shows like Shit's Creek, which we, you know, watched earlier this year uh, mm-hmm. with Alexis. Like Alexis definitely has some like Paris Nicole energy to oh, some of the yeah. shit that she's doing. So oh, like yeah. it, it, it's 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 very interesting to kind of like mm-hmm. even even as an act, it, it, it it's interesting to kind of see those windows into that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. even like you know you know decades after it happened. Yeah, yeah. I know that that Annie Murphy, who played Alexis, talked about watching a lot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Paris Hilton stuff and all of that to like get some help with with the character, mm-hmm. um, and that her like kind of characteristic like sort of hand gestures and having sort of a limp wrists wrist sort of thing was like taken from them mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that and. Yeah, I I thought there's a point towards the beginning of the documentary where it's clear that it's like towards the end of filming where she talks about how like how much she's changed just in the course of making this documentary and how like the person she was when they started filming is so completely different than the person she is now. But yet they never really elaborate on what that means or like what has changed about her that much. And that was one of the things that I found sort of lacking about the documentary. Yeah, and, that- and I would I would definitely say real quick that that's I mean that that speaks to their privacy, I guess, a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. that they're just like, yeah, we're, we're trying, we're, we'll give you the insight to see that this is not who I am, but you don't get to know who I am, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is a documentary like led by her, mm-hmm. and she's also a producer, so it's a different lens than you know right like what like the britney doc was britney not... which was not sanctioned by her at all Mm-mm. so like in some ways like this is paris hilton still showing you who she wants you to, you to see. see yeah um, and yeah i thought that was interesting of like it's i want to do this documentary to like show people that i'm not just what they think i am but yeah i also like i'm still gonna keep it fairly vague on t- as to who i actually am and they say later at one point, like one of the producers asks her off, like 
the producers off camera sometimes asking her questions and asks her some question about like are you like now that you've done this are you going to going to like divorce yourself from your like persona and she was like no she was like no I can't that would be a really expensive divorce (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was really funny but also like really accurate yeah um and so because my impression of when this documentary came out is uh, I know like people saw it when it first came out and it was like oh this is like really serious and that Paris isn't the person that you think she is and that I came out of it feeling a lot of empathy for her and all this stuff and so and and that she wants to change her image and like it's not even so much as she wants to change her image it's just that she wants to everybody to know that she's not just that I guess or like be cognizant that it is a persona but she's still not going to show you anything else really Mm -hmm. um I will say there is a there is a moment where she's DJing at some big, huge festival in Europe. And again, like her being a DJ was one of those things that I was just like, I think it was oh tomorrow. Of course, she's a fucking DJ, right? Like, but at the same time, I think that's like an art form that doesn't always get the credit it deserves and stuff. And so, and I can't evaluate how good or bad a DJ is or how much it's like, real talent versus vanity versus like whatever but it's clear that it does take some work and she seems to care about it but she has this new boyfriend that she takes to this and she has this like huge fight with this boyfriend on camera thanks and it's like on the one hand to me it's kind of like okay this is the Paris that I expected a little bit Mm -hmm. like because like it's not totally obvious what he's doing to, that bothers her completely like through the course of it is but it's I don't vague. but it's vague as to like kind of what sets it off because at one point he's like kiss me kiss me and she's like I'm I have to go on in a few minutes like fuck you dude leave me alone basically mm-hmm. like he's he's getting kind of in her face and she's just like I need a few minutes because I'm about to go on stage to play for 80,000 people mm-hmm like leave me the fuck alone basically which fair and I read an article about this that she didn't want that in the documentary at first and that she knew that she could like tell them not to and that she could throw a tantrum about it and they wouldn't put it in but that she relented and was just kind of like I feel uncomfortable kind of with this but like I don't want to control everything about this process so Hmm. it sounds like she did give the director like some pretty wide parameters as to what could be in there but yeah because like eventually she make she rips the like wristband that gets him into the festival off of him and has security like escort him off out of the festival um ejected yeah and on the one hand, it looks like I, I remember watching it just being like, oh, God, like this seems really awful. And she seems really stuck up and like whatever. And then I was like, OK, no, like this is her standing up for herself a little bit. Is that like yeah. she talks about all the relationships she's been in and how she's been in like abusive relationships and like all these other things where, again, it's that like people pleaser in her that it's like my needs aren't as important as his needs. And if he's acting like this because he loves me so much 
like that's what she said at one point is like if he's he being whatever boyfriend at the time or whatever if he's going this crazy about me doing whatever it's because he loves me so much and it's like oh sweet child (laughs) that's not love but yeah it's her sort of like finally saying like no my needs in this moment are more important than yours and I'm not here to please you and he like drops her computer on the ground at one point which legitimately looks like an accident it does Mm -hmm. but at the same time she's like I fucking need that to go on stage it kind of seems like an accident but it also seems like he was like careless careless out of anger because they were already fighting right so he and so I think she kind of ejected him because she was like I don't know what's going to happen next and like I can't go there right now yeah yeah it wasn't like he picked up the laptop and like threw it against no he definitely dropped it but I definitely think he they were already like angry with each other yeah they were already angry at that point um and it got worse from there I mean you definitely get this idea from her that like you kind of wonder like does she ever think about like does she like the other person you know I know I wondered that too like does she like them like or does, does it that only matter? matter that they love her and you almost get the impression that she hasn't really ever like fully connected with anyone no Mm-mm. in that way and like how no. sad that is but well, also that she's think always about... had the dependency of a relationship mm-hmm. that she's always in one too and think and think about like how that's got to feel to be in that position where you kind of have to second guess anybody's interest in you because you're like oh is it is it a situation where they just want me because of my money or they, are they just like, is it a shallow I'm hot thing or like mm-hmm. what, you know, like right. you have to kind of always be second guessing like what right. the interest is. Yeah. And they talk about like this, the person she was seeing prior to this guy that she was engaged to. And ha- like when they broke up, everybody was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Because like, she was like, all I ever showed was like, how quote-unquote we were how in love we were and like how great it was like all I would do is post great pictures and great captions about like how in love I am and whatever Mm -hmm. and that like it wasn't necessarily like that she doesn't really go into details about what it was like but just again reiterating that like I'm putting on a show for you people Mm -hmm. so so yeah and then well and again too like this also leads me to wonder like it's so cliche to be like where was her dad in all of this but like oftentimes with an absent father you try to replace them with a relationship Mm -hmm. especially young women and so and the the father is not in this documentary at all her mother is in it and her sister Nikki is in it and that's it they show a couple of her friends but those are the only two people that are like interviewed basically oh and some paparazzi guy which i was like why the fuck are you interviewing this asshole anyway (laughs) (laughs) and that so just just like that made me wonder like you know why is it only her mom and her sister that are in this documentary Mm -hmm. um and oh her aunt is in it for like a very brief moment who Oh, one of her aunts is Kyle Richards, who was a child star and is now famous for being on Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, they talked to her at one point, but, but yeah, it just made me kind of wonder about that as well. 
But I think one of the things that kind of weaves through the whole documentary is this idea of trauma. Like pretty early on in the documentary, she talks about being an insomniac and how she has nightmares a lot. And I thought this was one really cool thing about the documentary is that they use animation. Um, Yeah, they do a really good Mm. job, I think. Yeah, like for her dreams or for like some experiences. Some some parts of her actual childhood experience they animate as well. Mm -hmm. That there's like no video of and yeah but you don't for a long time you don't know what what the trauma is really you just yeah she just keeps talking about like having trauma and having nightmares about being like pulled out of her bed or being like contained or like things like that and what you find out is that one of the boarding schools that she was sent to is called the and I'm gonna name them because fuck them Provo Canyon School which Mm -hmm. sounds really nice but when you like look it up it talks about being like a mental facility like a mental health facility and so I'm like is there an actual school there like do they actually teach like quote-unquote real subjects or like I don't know it just seems so shady and like I didn't get the impression that it was a school at all but that's what it's called like that's well they they probably have to fulfill a certain amount of requirement of like their actual regular schooling because they're taking them out of school Mm -hmm. but it sounds like the focus was like essentially breaking a person yeah yeah like they talk about having to do a lot of manual labor cleaning and all that stuff well we should back up we should talk about how she got there okay like how did she get to the school so essentially like this wasn't her first place that her parents had sent her but Mm -hmm. I think it was the last one question mark it's the last one that she talks about in the documentary on wikipedia it's obviously the most yeah pivotal one for her yeah there's it says that she briefly went to another school after leaving this one which she left this one at 18 because she could take herself out of it yeah but that she briefly went to another school after it but eventually got her ged instead of graduating from high school um so that's where it's like I guess it's a school like I guess it must teach some regular reading they probably have to because you're you're taking your kid out of school to send them to this place to reform them so they probably are like reforming you but then they also probably have to fulfill your regular school requirements as well yeah so the way that she got there and the reason that she has nightmares about being pulled out of her bed is because they came to her house in the night and pulled her out of her bed i think i remember steph saying this essentially kidnapped her to take her to the school except it it was kidnapping with her parents consent consent essentially but obviously when it was happening to her she didn't know why it was happening or what was happening and when they when they talk about this it's mainly nikki telling this story that nikki is like i woke up one night and heard you screaming Mm -hmm. And got up and saw these two men pulling you out of your room. And mom and dad were just standing there watching you scream. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And like the way that they tell it, at first I was like, is this a, like, is this one of your recurring nightmares that you've told or did this actually happen? Because like the way that it's told is kind of Mm -hmm. hard to understand. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. then because I think Nikki is telling it, it's like, no, this did actually happen. Because then Nikki talks about like, the next morning I went down to breakfast and Paris wasn't there and nobody was saying anything about it. And our parents were there just 
smiling and acting like everything was normal. Right. And nobody ever explained what happened. And I was like, you didn't ask? The like, callous, the it, fucking callousness I feel like of the this. fact that it was never discussed just shows you a lot about like how the family operated. And it's oh, yeah. kind of like, it's, it's just gross. interesting. Like you saying like, you didn't ask, but it's like, she probably was taught like Not that she can't ask, ask questions. certain yeah. things. Well, and they, or a they lot talk, of things. They talk about at one point, like earlier than this, like before... Paris was rebelling and needing to not needing to but from her parents perspective needing to get sent to reform schools and stuff that they were sent to like debutante schools and stuff like that like to learn learn you know all that socialite debutante bullshit anyway (laughs) like being polite and not asking questions and not forcing your opinions on anybody and showing deference to everybody and you know all that crap and yeah I think Nikki really absorbed those lessons in a different way than Paris did like I think that Paris learned those things but rebelled against them but they still show up in her people pleaser behavior whereas Nikki still sort of like acts very like demure and Mm -hmm. quiet and polite and to a degree so so yeah, they so yeah, they sent her to this school after trying numerous other things. And at one point she meets up with a few other people that were at the school like at the same time she was. And one of them does mention something about being taken from her bed in the night. Mm-hmm. So it's like this isn't just like how they got Paris there. No, like, this is like what they do. This is this like is what like, they do. Yeah. Like you're so bad that this is what we have to do Mm -hmm. and it's just like just that alone like because what you find out is that like not only did they have to do all this manual labor and stuff like that to like learn discipline but like that they were constantly yelled at and it's it reminds me like the scared straight kind of stuff yeah it's a lot like that but then also they talk about how like at one point she did something wrong and was put in solitary confinement yeah and she talks about how like there was a girl in solitary confinement next to her in a in a straight jacket which like that is some like 19th century like women's hysteria mental health institution bullshit yeah it also made me think of matilda (laughs) with with the pokey yeah oh gosh (laughs) Um, yeah at the school in Matilda there's like a closet that the principal it's it's basically like an unfinished closet that has like smoke pouring out of it and and like rusty nails and yeah it it made me think of that scary when you're an adult and you can like really realize like what is all happening it's pretty horrific oh yeah I remember watching Matilda and thinking it was really horrific but there's so much about Matilda that is hyper realism and like supernatural and whatever mm-hmm. that it's like it doesn't feel like that's real it doesn't feel like a school really does something like that but but <laughs> they do and that yeah when they get together with the when she gets together with these other women that were there they all kind of film these like videos um because they're starting like this movement of like calling out the abuses that happened at this school and 
you know and not just the school but like the idea of teenage reform schools yeah because um, we talked about how which i feel like within the time since this came out i've actually heard quite a bit more about it like not even people like referencing it back to paris hilton but uh-huh. i've just heard more and more about like the idea of teen reform and how like ultimately like people think that they're like you know quote unquote doing the right thing for their kid that needs help or whatever but that all it really is is a business at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. that many many of them ultimately are abusive Mm -hmm. and yeah they talk about how like people that worked there would leave would learn from the school how to run the school and then go off and create their own school their own programs and so it's Mm -hmm. like it's not just that one school it's like a bunch of schools that are doing this reform team reform stuff mm-hmm. yeah and they like they all talk about having seen or been a part of like emotional physical and sexual abuse mm-hmm. so like as they talked about it I was just like what the fuck but also yeah. like sadly not surprised to a little bit of a degree but still like just as she was explaining this, I was like, well, no wonder you have some fucking trauma. Right. Um, and well, she- it explains a lot about her, like, needing praise and also, mm-hmm. like, trying to please people is because, like, she was, like, verbally, like, taken down, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to, like, kind of come back from that. Yup. I get that. So, so, yeah. And there's a scene where she tells her mother. Well, okay, back up. There's a scene where her mother's being interviewed and they're taught and the producer's asking her about the school. And she says something about how like, well, you know, Paris was acting out and we sent her to this school and I know it was harsh, but like, she seemed very much like it was harsh, but she needed it. Like it kind of felt like that. And then the producer said like, has she ever told you that they put her in solitary confinement? Mm -hmm. And the mom is like, just kind of sits there for a second, looking at the camera, like, what? And she's like, she never told me that. And they cut away. Yeah, I don't think she's really told her mom much about it at all. No, because there's so much about it, like during the whole documentary where she talks about trauma, even before she talks about what that is. And then when she, especially when she starts talking about what specifically that trauma is, I'm like, girl, do you not go to therapy? Like, what the fuck? Like, not that, not that that's, all that she needs to fix herself or whatever but just like that's a step mm-hmm. um and and she could have you know hire the best people in the world uh, so but yeah but at one point they, she talks about that too like having distrust of mental health help because part because of this was, school was guised as mental health yeah so yeah. she almost has like a distrust in that process right which right. is kind of what she needs to help her, but I can understand why that is really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's um, also, you also wonder, like, what is it like to be so famous and to get a therapist? Because, I mean, like, yeah. how do you trust that they're going to not air your stuff publicly, too? Same, you know? Like, same, you know, the same thing with, like, dating. It's like, you can't, mm-hmm. when you're in such a high-profile position, the amount of people that you feel like you can't trust because you're like, well, right. who's going to... Right. sell this to tmz or who's gonna you know like mm-hmm. it, all of a sudden it's gonna be like it, it's like i'm not trying to, to make this the same same thing but it, it feels similar to when like we have like a secretary of of blah 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 
after a president is done and they come out with their tell-all book of like what it was like to be the secretary of like donuts and cream cheese under the pre- uh, under the 70th president of the United States or whatever. Like I was just trying to be very vague and like goofy yeah. to like, but it's like, right. and I think I saw something about someone being like, well, why don't these motherfuckers speak up mm-hmm. instead of waiting until afterwards mm-hmm. to write their tell all book. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, it's, it's an easy way to leverage just being around and having a job into mm-hmm. like a fuck ton of money because everyone's going to read about like, why the fuck the 70th president needed so much fucking cream cheese and donuts like why there needed to be a secretary of that in the first place who knows but you get the idea yeah I mean I think with a therapist like because I think a lot of celebrities do have therapists I do too and you know it it's pretty easy I think to get get blacklisted um and get your like license taken away for mm-hmm. divulging shit like that so if you want to keep being a practicing therapist like you're not going to divulge that stuff and like hey, yeah we'll i'm just saying i can see why she is distrustful of it and, and has oh yeah it. totally totally this makes me think of like part of the menendez brothers case is that their therapist like their therapist's mistress leaked a bunch of information yep. about them so um, not that what the Menendez brothers did is okay, but uh, their therapist's mistress should not have been told about what was said in their sessions to begin with. Wasn't um, she also present during a phone call or something too? I don't remember all the details, but yeah, there's something about that or like... Or they like came by unexpectedly and she was like there, but they didn't know she was there or something. Yeah, so she something weird. something, I think. Anyway... So there's like, and that guy never practiced again because, mm-hmm. yeah. And not that therapists are supposed to, you know, keep some secrets a secret, you know, things like murder yeah. aren't necessarily something that they have to not divulge under client or patient doctor privilege or whatever. But, but yeah, it's mainly the fact that like he told his mistress who told other people, So, yeah, and it's funny that you say that, like, why did you wait? I just saw this article about there's an Alanis Morissette documentary coming out. Mm. Um, It's just premiering at some film festival. I don't remember which one. And that in that, she talks about um, some statutory rape situations Mm. um, that, like, as a young adult as a teenager would have said it was consensual but given the nature of like gee I wonder who that's about the age difference the thing is is that I think it's about multiple people I could see that but I think we know who one of them is yes correct um she doesn't name anybody but yeah that in the article that I read about this is like why did you wait 30 years to to say this or whatever and she's like women don't wait that's not, that's not what it is. It's that nobody listens or cares or that it's going to hurt our reputation or our job or our, you know, like, it's not that we just wait around until we feel like right. um, divulging the abuse that we've suffered. It's like, it takes that long for somebody to fucking listen, basically yeah. is what she said. And I was like, Yep. Oh, well, I mean, this is a good segue into the part about Pierce's sex tape, which is ultimately one of the main catalysts of her fame, too. 
Yeah. Um, and the fact that that was a much older man mm-hmm. in the video, and, and that she, was she barely she was eighteen. Yeah. Um, Thanks. And that I think she did not want it to come out, but I feel like she kind of acted like she was fine with it at the time. Maybe I don't I really remember that face. part. Yeah, I yeah. don't really remember that part either. But I feel like to save face was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like this is part of my crazy image, and right? Like, whatever, right? But she talks about it pretty candidly in the documentary about like, I didn't really want him to film us, but yeah. he kept saying like. I'll find somebody else, basically, mm-hmm. if you don't do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is so sad because, like, of course, she should have had the strength to be like, I don't like mm-hmm. to be like, well, let him find someone else. But right. she was so, it was like right around the time when she had been so broken down by the school mm-hmm. that she thought she that, was like, like, oh, this is love that, like, he yeah. wants this so badly or whatever, and that he released it. And, and then they showed a bunch of clips of like, of course, like late night and comedians and stuff, like making fun of her, you know, and, and like one of them says something about like, like, oh man, this is just a really bad look for the Hilton family. And you're thinking like, oh, this person maybe actually cares. And then he says something about like her sex tape was in a Marriott hotel instead of a Hilton or whatever. And you're like, that's what you get from this. You fucking piece of shit. Yeah, but I mean um, that I feel like there was like an era of time when like that was the there humor. Was, there was a fair amount of sex tapes that came out in this like period of time and it was like mm-hmm. always it was never like oh like that's so like I feel sorry for them. It was always like oh haha, you know, like like oh look at how silly they look having mm-hmm. the sex tape released about them or look at this fame grab um, yeah because I think that was a lot of it too was like oh yeah maybe she's saying she didn't want it released but like of course she did because it made her famous right. and right. like all that stuff and you know they yep. talk about paparazzi following her and making like a million dollars a day and mm-hmm. like all this shit and yeah it's just like really upsetting and she was like at the time I like thought it was great like I was on camera and I loved it and you know whatever but it was so intrusive and stuff like that. But yeah, getting back to her mom a little bit, there's a scene where she sits down with her mom after she's met with these other women from the school and talked about their experiences. Um, She sits down with her mom and she says, like, we need to talk about Provo and basically kind of doesn't even say that much, but just says like, you know, I was abused there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then shows her. She's very guarded, even in the way that she's trying to have this conversation with her. Oh, yeah. So guarded. Like, it's pretty vague. But she does show her, you do see her, like, give her mom her phone. And you can sort of hear that her mom is, like, watching one of the videos that was created, or at least looking at the photos, because there's photos of these women with, like, tape over their mouths, mm-hmm. signs that say, like, name of the school and when they were there and like what they suffered under what abuse they suffered going there and stuff and so she's like looking at those and like hearing these women talk about like what they suffered and her mom just is kind of like like you kind of I feel like on the surface you almost watch her mom do this and go like do you not care because she like doesn't really she doesn't really react. react she just kind of sits there 
and you're like do you not care but I think she's just in shock I think Um, there's a part of her that's like doesn't know how to react to this information on camera that too I think is part is a big part of it right and then she says something about how like Paris says like she tried to tell her parents but anytime that she would try to tell them that this stuff was going on that people at the school would like threaten her or like all this just things would be worse for her if she tried to give them any indication that this stuff was going on like while she was still there like if she called them yeah Mm -hmm. so it sounds to me like at least she was in communication with her parents as a as a child and as a, a teenager yeah, I didn't mean to imply that, like, they were no. not around at all. Like, they definitely were. Yeah, so, and then her mom does say at one point, she says something about, like, if I had known, I would have been there in a second. And yeah. that's all she says. Like, that's basically all she says. And I just, like, wanted so much more out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, there's a lot of this entire documentary where you just don't really get it, you know? Mm-hmm. it's more like they're just like showing you like a little bit of it and mm-hmm. it's like enough to make you think and that's mm-hmm. it kind of leaves it there yeah the whole thing bit. is so guarded essentially yeah and then when it ended I mean this documentary is an hour and 45 minutes yeah and I remember watching it going like this is really long like I mean that's an average movie or whatever so it's not like ridiculously long or whatever but it just felt long but then I got to the end and I was just like that's it like I just wanted so much more out of it because again it was so guarded um Mm -hmm. that it was so much like this isn't who I am but I'm not going to show you who I am so the fact that it's called this is Paris I almost feel like the documentary should be called like this is who Paris isn't (laughs) yeah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and again like I said they they talk about like are you gonna like not put on this persona anymore and she's like no of course not or whatever and and like one of the things I noticed too is when she's meeting with the women from the school they talk about what they remember of her from the school like being 17 um because she was only there 11 months I shouldn't say only like obviously a day of any of that kind of abuse is too much but you know some of these other people were there for several years mm-hmm. um and she yeah she was there for 11 months um and they talk about like what they remember of her and that's where they kind of talk about like how funny it was that they saw her on the simple life pretending not to be able to do these things that they knew she could do because they've seen her do it um but then they also talk about how like they were like you didn't have a high-pitched voice either and she's like oh I wasn't doing the voice then yeah and that was so funny because it was just like and she says, sort of mentions it throughout. There's a point at which she's doing a voiceover, like a recording in a recording studio. And she keeps saying, this is Paris, but she keeps doing it in different voices. And she's like, which one is my real voice? I don't even know. <laughs> like, yeah, she definitely does not know anymore. Uh-uh. Um, definitely tell that. And so it's, yeah, it was just really funny how like, it's not just a like post getting famous thing. It's like something that she has been like put it she's been putting on a persona in a in different ways for probably a lot of her life Mm -hmm. her mom says something about like things changed between like 13 and 15 is when she feels like things really changed with Paris and that she kind of like put on this persona and whatever or a persona but yeah I thought that was so funny how they were like yeah you didn't have the high-pitched voice and she's like oh I wasn't doing that yet (laughs) that made me laugh Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I don't know. It was, I'm glad I watched it. It was super hard to watch. I would say I was not expecting that level of trauma. Um, I was expecting it to be this, like, you know, life is hard. Life can be really hard for rich and famous too, kind of a thing. And it is some of that. And I definitely like am empathetic to that, not being, you know, rich and famous myself, but just like, I can understand both sides of the like, oh, I hate that person because they have so much more than I do and they flaunt it and like all that stuff. Like I can understand that feeling, but I can also understand how like, how lonely it can be or how scary it can be to not be able to go out in public or to have stalkers break into your house or Mm -hmm. like how limiting that level of fame can be and so like that's sort of what I expected from the documentary was just like yeah like let's talk about how like as glamorous as as you think it is um it's also really lonely and blah 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 and but this this other level of like, oh, she suffered all this trauma and it's like not just a her thing. It's a pretty like big national problem. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. We need more of those. Mm-hmm. Anyway, were you going to say stuff? Oh, did they even mention? I can't remember. Like, wasn't there a time that her house was broken into like years ago? They didn't really mention it in the documentary, but she was she was one of the quote-unquote victims of the bling ring the bling ring right which when you think about it like must be pretty like traumatic having like considering like how she all the things that she had been through up to that point you know right yeah because if you're not familiar with the bling ring it was a group of teenagers who figured out very very vaguely remember hearing about this in college but go on yeah it's a group of teenagers that like figured out how to break into several celebrities homes and steal jewelry and clothing mostly and they they broke into like Paris Hilton uh who else uh Lindsay Lohan yeah I don't yeah I don't remember who all but it was like that sort of ilk of people yeah. um these sort of like celebrity famous for being famous rich people not that Lindsay Lohan was just famous for being famous but at that point she was mainly just partying when do you think we're getting the doc on her that's my question right um didn't she do like a big thing with Oprah Hmm? didn't she do like some big interview with Oprah at one point did she I don't fucking know like a few years ago like she we need a new one about her probably (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Um, the other one that I keep seeing circling around that not that it's happening but that like people are like when are we getting is Amanda Bynes yep it sounds like her story is probably like oh real fucked up yeah um well there's a Demi we don't need to there's a Demi Lovato one too yes I have not watched series or I don't know there's something about her yeah oh yeah the other the other thing that kept coming up throughout the documentary was just like she wants to make a billion dollars she wants to be oh. worth a billion dollars <laughs> and like because her sister would How be is like she not like I don't okay so I looked this up because I was like what is her net worth like where like how how far away is she she her net worth is 
estimated and again like i feel like these are never like how do you know these are never super accurate because like i've Mm -hmm. heard some like minor sort of celebrities say like oh i looked mine up and it was so wrong or whatever so it's hard to know but what the internet told me was 300 million that she's worth 300 million which is approaching what her parents are worth but yeah there's like a point where she's she's with her sister and her nieces and her sister's like don't you ever want to have kids and she was like I don't know like maybe I do maybe I don't I'm not really sure and then she's just like I just like when would I have time she's like when would I have time I just like I'm always working I'm always hustling I'm always traveling and it's hard to like have a basically have a boyfriend when you're always traveling all the time because then what do they do follow you around I hate that because then it makes me feel like they're only in it for that and like I don't know it it was just really interesting and then she was just like because I just like I just want to make a billion dollars and it was like why That's the thing that's so interesting about all this is because she's trying to show you that like she's not who you think she is, mm-hmm. but she also is in a lot of ways. Yeah. Too. Right. Exactly. Well, and she talks about like as a teenager, I wanted to be, I wanted to have, I wanted to make what like a hundred million or something like that, and she's like the the goal keeps going up, and like I get it, right? Like mm-hmm. I think, I think that's in some ways that alone is a healthy way to live is that like you're constantly your goals are constantly shifting and changing because if you reach your goal and never set a new one then like what are you doing or whatever like that's part of growth but she also said something about how like the goal keeps changing and if I just could get to this goal I'd be happy if I could just get to this I'd be happy it's the toolbox fallacy they'll never yeah. be happy and that's um, the thing is like yeah it's great to set goals and to strive for things and to grow and change and evolve but if you're always pinning your your happiness on reaching that goal mm-hmm. you're never gonna get there because that's not where happiness comes from right and so just like hearing her say that, I was like, well, of course you, of course you think that, but it's like, yikes. So also she's engaged. She got engaged in February of 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like that documentary came out in 2020. So obviously it was filming earlier than that, but it just kind of makes you wonder, like, I know it makes you wonder if this guy is just one of those other guys, you yeah. know? that like is this actually a good relationship did you learn something through the process of doing this documentary about the men that you have dated in the past Mm -hmm. because she like I said she talks about how she's had several abusive boyfriends because you know learning as a teenager that abuse was normal and acceptable that like that continued or like that they loved the persona and not her and like just all these different things that it just made me wonder like okay so she's engaged again and she met has this she been guy. engaged before yeah she was engaged to the guy before the guy in the documentary so there's mm. the guy alex that's in the oh, documentary right. that she has that fight with she was engaged to the guy before that and they mm. talk about it in the documentary of like she was engaged to this person and she talks about how like it it always seemed perfect because that's what she showed the world but yeah but yeah she I think she met this one 
end of like the very end of 2019 mm-hmm. so they were together a little over a year before he, they got engaged um mm. and yeah it was like right after filming ended pretty much like a few months after filming ended for this documentary he's so, a venture yeah. capitalist by the way well nikki did say she needs somebody more on her level <laughs> So maybe that's, maybe, maybe he is more on her level. I don't know. Cause yeah, I don't know what you thought about that guy, Alex, that she was dating in the documentary, but I was just like this guy, like, I don't really remember. I don't think I had, it just, I don't know. It just, it felt very much like, like, there you go again, dating a guy that like doesn't have much going for him other than that he's Paris Hilton's boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. 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 You're right. Which, like, on the surface level, at its, or rather, at, at its base level, is not anything necessarily wrong with being known as Paris Hilton's boyfriend, but it's, like, mm-hmm. it's it, there's no substance behind the relationship, and that's, mm-hmm. that is, is, again, where the problem is. Right. Yeah. Well, and again, like, they kept showing her and him, like, saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, like, I don't think that they were together more than a few months. So it's just, like... It just seemed like really fast to me, the yeah, level at which she was like talking about him and stuff. And that I just was like, yeah, she probably says I love you like right away because anyone who shows interest in her, she's like immediately like, oh, I guess this is somebody that I should love. Yeah. So I'm glad I watched it. I just looked up his Instagram. Oh God. It's really bad, which I think is perfect. <laughs> Like, it's really bad. What does that mean? It's like... Okay, the most recent post is from October 4th of 2020. Oh, yeah, that's really bad. I What I mean is, like, he's not, I don't think, really interested in Instagram. Yeah. Which I think, like, most people that would be with her for appearances probably would have some level of that, like, right. social media interest. Maybe it seems more, like, more... geared to, like, the business that he's doing. Yeah. So it's maybe like he a... used it more when they were together. I don't know. Hmm? Maybe he used his Instagram. No, more I'm talking they... about the guy she's engaged to. Oh, the guy she's engaged to. Sorry, I thought you meant that Alex dude. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. It almost um, looks like he probably isn't posting this stuff. Yeah. So I feel well, like that's, maybe that's good. That's good. A good sign. Oh, that reminds me of one more thing. They talk about, yeah, how like essentially she was an influencer before. That was a term or a job essentially and they ask her at one point like do you feel responsible for I loved when they asked her that like I love hated it yeah like essentially do you feel responsible for like this whole Instagram influencer Hmm. lifestyle yeah that is very interesting which I feel like it's pretty heavy to put on one person (laughs) Right. But she said, I mean, I, and I felt like that's what her answer was sort of saying, but I mean, she's again, didn't say very much, but essentially said like, yeah, a little bit like, yeah, I feel a little bit responsible for that. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, I get that. Like, I understand feeling a little bit responsible for it, but at the same time being like, if it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else probably. Mm -hmm. Right. That's probably accurate. Um, also, she talks about how she invented the selfie, which, like, I have no basis for knowing whether she did or didn't, but... that What's really funny about that is that I remember she did a cameo on an episode really early on of The O.C. Oh, I remember. 
Um, like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> the, the gang goes to a club in LA and she is there as, as herself and Seth bumps into her and she sort of drops the persona for a second and says something to him about like leaving and he's like oh you're gonna leave this early or whatever um and she's like yeah I have to go home and like study for she talks about how she's like getting her doctorate in something yeah and I remember thinking like how funny that was that like even then she was like sort of trying to say like that my image isn't real yeah although that isn't real either like she has a GED she doesn't have anything else which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but it just like that's not real either but then anyway she takes his cell phone and she holds it out to take a picture of the two of them and this is 2003 Mm -hmm. and she says something about like a picture is the new autograph or something like that yes I remember that and and so like it does sort of lend like that scene sort of lends itself to the idea that she like kind of created the selfie Um, yeah maybe she did yeah or maybe she was one of the people that like, I mean, it may be one of those things where like a lot of people were doing it, but like she was maybe one of the first people to like be doing it in the public, if that makes sense. Like yeah. ordinary people were doing it and maybe she helped turn coin the term selfie. I don't really yeah. know, but, but yeah, I just, I remember that. So yeah, that's about all I have to say about that. We've talked about it for a long time. <laughs> Like I said, I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a really well done documentary. I felt a little unsatisfied by it. But again, I think that's because like, like we said before, like it's, she's very guarded and very untrusting of a lot of people, understandably, and that she wanted to show that she's not the, that's hot girl all the time, but she also doesn't want you necessarily to see who she really is either. So. She's at, she's adding a dimension, but she's not letting you in fully. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's why it is like unsatisfying, I think. But, and I don't know if you remember this stuff, but the when the credits start at the end, the music that's over the credits is girls just want to have fun. But it's like a very like st- stripped down, like acoustic like, I don't remember slow hmm. version of the song and it's like almost haunting and like mm-hmm. if you know the the like if you know the verses to that song it talks about like father asks what you're gonna do with your life and like yeah this, like the choruses are like and girls just want to have fun or whatever but like the verses are kind of more serious and so to like hear it in that like slower haunting voice as mm-hmm. the end credits for this documentary it was just like it just felt really poignant to me I guess hmm. I don't know yeah but that, that is very interesting so Steph you have anything else that you want to say about it um I would just like to add that when Paris Hilton tried to have a music career I 100% made fun of it and thought it was really stupid if Stars Are Blind comes on today I think it is one of the greatest pop songs of that time period so I guess this is like my public apology to Paris Hilton <laughs> as if she were to care. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny because the they use that song in the movie. Um, oh, what is that movie called? That movie with Bo Burnham in it. Yeah. Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman. Which is very fitting. Yes. <laughs> they use, well, they use a um, lot of like 
that era of pop. Right. But yeah, there's a, there's a scene. It's one of the more lighthearted scenes in the movie. It's yes. a pretty heavy movie, but otherwise there's a scene where the main character and her boyfriend are like at a pharmacy, I think. And that song comes on and they just like dance around the store singing it. And it's, it's really cute and funny. And yeah, I feel like at the time that song, everybody was like, oh, that is, yeah. Same, like what you said, basically. I probably hadn't heard that song. Like for real. Since until that movie came out. And then I was like, wait, this song is good. This song is good. Right. Yeah. I think that again, like not, not to take everything back to Schitt's Creek, but I think that was one of the main, one of the main influences for a little bit of Lexus. Oh yeah. Work bitch is like probably the main influence, but stars are blind is definitely like in yeah. there too. So yeah. Well then I don't really have anything to add. I, I think this was very informative. I, I will say that like, I kind of fell off of the making fun of Paris Hilton train relatively quickly, I guess, mostly because of like, there was lots of, there was lots of Borat to quote. So kind of just moved on to that. (laughs) (laughs) There was lots of very nice. Hello. That, that kind of humor is where like me and my college friends went to. And then I was actually explaining this to, um, a couple of friends of mine because they were talking about they were talking about across the universe and how that came out like when I was in college and I was like guess where I was uh when that movie came out in a college uh theater setting where no, like no one wanted to talk about anything other than that for about six and a half months so like I kind of fell off the Paris Hilton train both positively and negatively just because there was other shit going on which is kind of like the story of my life is like the story of everybody's life <laughs> yeah but like you know uh, just like i was just like yeah i'm not really gonna pay attention to what paris hilton is doing there's fucking borat quotes to give out and, and mm-hmm. across the universe to uh unfortunately <laughs> hate so um yeah but what I have did a you lot all... of feelings about that statement that we were looking uh, into i mean i soon. i mean i've never seen it but i've had lots of people sing it very badly at me and also come up with really really awful plot ideas to add on to it so like i get it it just a future episode that we are doing soon is mm-hmm. i think the week after this is about jukebox musicals mm-hmm. so we'll get into across the universe a little bit yeah 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 so um if y'all had thoughts about it feel free to hit us up a-s-w-a-y-d-p-o-d if you add an at gmail.com and put it into your email client du jour, you can send us your thoughts via email. We can keep it anonymous if you wanna, but otherwise uh, feel free to send us your your information uh, as far as like what you think about these uh, the the topic at hand. Uh, Instagram or Twitter both work fine, as well as the email address as we stated. So there's that. And uh, with that, I didn't make up a theme song for it, but this is a million stuff. What the fuck is this? This is the part of the episode where I find something wild and crazy kids on the internet and I show it to Amelia and our guest without any sort of context. So without any further ado, go ahead and enjoy what I have found for you today. Okay. Oh my God. What oh my God. Fuck? What the fuck? Never mind, Steph's paying attention. I've watched it like six times and I still have so many questions. Same. What is happening? 
Okay. Well, explain to the people. So best I will explain Janice. what we are seeing. Yeah, Amelia, explain. Okay, so it's a dude in a bed <laughs> in the like top corner of the frame, and from the right side of the frame comes like a piece of wood. I don't know where. Like a branch. Like a branch, or it's hard to tell. But all of a sudden, it just falls down onto the bed. Onto the, his neck. Onto his neck. He rolls over and a giant watermelon comes out from under the blanket. Yes. And drops to the ground, which I don't know about you, but until that watermelon dropped to the ground, I did not realize that the ground was water. The ground is water. <laughs> like, Why is the ground water? I don't know. And it's there's like- bagels floating. <laughs> <laughs> also kicks maybe i don't know it looks like cereal or something yeah there's something else floating in the water i don't know what it is so it's it's like some sort of like makeshift pool essentially is it though i think so because i think is this funny or sad when i when i found this my initial thought rather than what the fuck is this is that oh this is a prank like yeah. the idea is, is that he was supposed to get hit by that thing and roll into the water. Like that is oh, like, oh yeah. Well, okay, but then also, if you pay attention, which I didn't notice the first couple of times, is that when the branch hits him, a water bottle like falls down as if it's like attached by a string. Somehow. It is attached by a string. I've been watching the water bottle like the last five times, and I don't understand what the water bottle has to do with anything also there's like weird green shit floating in the water i'm just gonna point that out well this is why i asked if this is funny or sad is because i was like i know part of me is like did his dorm room get flooded with nuclear waste (laughs) i think his i think his 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 asshole dorm mates made made a lovely pool for him to fall into and it didn't quite work out the way that they had thought are you sure that's that's maybe i'm just saying but there's Maybe. no walls to the pool. Other than the walls of the room. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, like the property damage in this video. <laughs> oh. There's anyway, no source to this? We don't know any more information? I can't even remember to tell you where I found it. It was on Twitter someplace. This so. is the thing, stuff is he doesn't give any context and also doesn't find any for himself. So, uh... <sighs> That's part of the what the fuck about this is that that's well to be fair sometimes I do have like context after the fact like I but it's like true. this one I can guarantee you I found five and a half months ago on Twitter and I just saved it and was like I cannot forget this so I this one's been in the chamber for a while just waiting for his time to shine and now it's here. So I could not remember to tell you where I found it. Sometimes if it's, if I think that it's important, I will try and like put context in the title of the clip, like uh, that I download. But this one was like, it was just on Twitter. I don't think it had any context whatsoever to it. So I don't have okay, it. Well, for obviously you. I Googled it. And I'm, I'm Googling it too. <laughs> but dear listener, we're not going to tell you. You'll have to Google it yourself. So wait, um, there's an answer. I don't know. I'm not taking the time to figure that out before we end the podcast. Okay, 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 okay. Because <laughs> I'm evil. I wouldn't describe you as that, but you know. <laughs> Chaotic neutral. <laughs> Just kidding. 
you want to tell them where they could find us? Yes. So yeah, if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Shake Meets World um, on Instagram, Twitter, etc. And you can find Sherrick at a black sparrow um, or sherrickrobinson.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a merch. slim chance. Yeah, I was actually speaking of merch, there's a slim chance that if you were listening to this around the time that it came out, that there may be a sale going on in the merch store. Ooh, a lot of sales happening lately. So yeah, we'll post about that so you don't miss it. I will say this, because of the way that Spreadshirt, bless them, I I love them a lot. They have been fantastic. Like, But the way that Spreadshirt sets up their things, you may want to just check into the store occasionally anyway, because sometimes they just do flash sales. Like- apropos of nothing so like it wouldn't hurt necessarily to check in on the store every once in a while because there may be a sale going on so well i'll try and i'll try and announce some of them but some of them i straight up won't say anything because it's like uh you know if you check it out you may find yourself uh in a weekend in which you know there's a 20 percent off sale or something like that so yeah so check i don't want to be plus i don't want to be obnoxious (laughs) yeah so yeah that's about all that we have for you Mm-hmm. Um, I've been Amelia. I've been Sherrick, and sometimes you're a home renovator named Israel Darden, and you're a successful, attractive 30 year old woman. You feel happy with your single life and you love yourself. And your mother and your friends are really concerned that they, you're going to be a spinster, which is like a super like archaic thing. And I feel like if people want to be single, you should just leave them the fuck alone. But anyway, they nag her all the time about dating and finding the right man. And then she has a super awful blind date, and she decides that she's going to do something that, that will keep people out of her hair, which means she's going to decide that she's going to take her advice and marry the one person that she knows better than, her, than anyone else. It's herself. She's going to marry herself. And then she gets like, the, the media like check it out and then she like plans her wedding with her very gay friend bill i don't know why this this plot needs to say that he's his very gay enthusiastic friend anyway they amuse themselves and they're, they're planning out this wedding and she's like okay then she there's the story gets to the internet she meets one of her contractors handsome intelligent son and then she's like okay well this guy won't live up to my standards because no one else has but then they go on a few dates and she's like oh shit he actually may be the perfect partner for me other than myself but like the media is all involved so i have to like do this thing and she all of a sudden decided that this whole extravagant wedding that she planned for herself, literally just by herself, isn't exactly what she wanted. And Colin's trying to put a stop for it and save their wedding for someday in the future. And he, she kind of wants to, but the media is already involved. And then the, she's like, oh, well, I don't want to be like repercussions of the smuck that wouldn't marry his girlfriend. So and he says he can't date a woman who's about to marry herself. And they split up and she's about to get married. And she's like, oh, actually, a simple ceremony in the park will be fine with me in a sundress. And then she runs out of the room and she comes back with casual clothes. And at the end, she marries Colin. Anyway, bye. Bye.